Tune to the Bay on Friday after a Thursday. Hope you're having a great day. It's unbelievable, Andy. Mikey Boy Hugan is going to be joining us here momentarily. Brian Hartman, how was Thursday? Presented by Senior Helping Seniors with John Adams hosting in the Raymere studio. I bet that was a treat for you. John what Adams? Was that, uh, what was that like uh, interfacing with John Adams for a couple of straight hours yesterday? And thank you, John. John uh, Adams. Hosting the show. Matt Dixon, special guest. Good callers, good topics, good discussion. We had a great yep. time. A couple of friends, including Sean Sinclair, called me and said, are you listening to your roast? To which I replied, no, I'm on vacation. Uh, yesterday at this time, I was on the boardwalk playing music and um, had my mandolin and my guitar with me yesterday and uh, sat up there and, well, played till the rain came about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and even sat out in the rain and played for a while. So it was very freeing. It, 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 it uh, freed my soul. Free my soul, as the old song goes. So it was really fun to, and even to sit and play in the rain, but to know that while I was doing that, I was uh, getting eviscerated on the radio. And that occurred, didn't it? I was getting ripped apart. But they tell me, Bri, you have my backup. So thank you, Bri. Yeah, I did the best I could there. I knew, I knew what they were doing, so uh, I just yeah. You saved to, you saved it off. You fought it off. For I me. wanted it to be a good radio bit, so I wanted to mm. provide some some good uh, opposition. In other words, you just let them rip me. The opposition was a good radio bit, but only when you come to my well. So much for Brian defending me, but you know, hey, look when pandering John. Who's got a winning, got us winning a championship and everything next year, man? You know when Pandering John comes to the table, the way he did yesterday. I mean, what, who am I to argue with with that guy at this point? Who's <gasps> taking the Pandering? So we're going to bring Hughie in here momentarily. Before I do it, Orange Throat today wrote about the injury to K Mays and the fact that um or Cooper Mays, I'm sorry. I always do that. I'll do apologies to the Mays family. But um uh Orange Throat wrote about this today. And if you want to go over to T Club team you can see his full submission because there's some pretty good inside news nuggets in there. But Cooper Mays had what is being termed a minor procedure on Wednesday. We are reporting that it's an abdominal area deal, which when I hear that, I usually think hernia kind of thing, tearing the the, uh, uh, tummy area would be my, would be my sense of that, um, and, look, I mean, Josh Heupel's going to, he's a football coach. They're going to spin, but they're going to spin. And then we're going to kind of report what we report as we dig around. Uh, he's going to be out longer than the Virginia game. I mean, you know, to think you're going to get back for the Virginia game 
if that's what's occurred, is not going to happen. So, Throat made a great point. And if it does happen, hey, wonderful. He's a quick recoverer. Throaty made a great point, which is really the first real game on the schedule. Brian, how far are we from the Florida game? How many weeks away are we? We would be, I believe, five weeks away from the Florida game. Yeah, I would think that if you had some kind Plus of uh, hernia. Yeah, I would think that if you had some kind of surgery like that, I, I would think that a five-and-a-half-week uh, window to recover from that would be ample time. And, you know, one of the themes we've had here, and we were talking about it Sean Sinclair's appearance on Wednesday, and and that's that, you know, Tennessee's offensive line, I mean, you just take a Cooper Mays out, right, and you say to yourself, okay, you know, what what does it mean? Well, at the scrimmage, fifth-year senior Ollie Lane slid over to center. And, you know, he's been a guy that's going to start at left guard probably. And then fifth-year senior Parker Ball, redshirt freshman uh, Addison Nichols, and then another freshman, Lang, uh, can all play center. But this Carrick kid from... Texas slid over to left guard. And then you have Jackson Lampley in the mix. That just shows you, and the carry guy is somebody there kind of looking at going, whoa. This isn't what we thought we were getting, which is, you know, kind of the essence of the transfer portal, at least right now. I mean, I'm not saying he can't develop into a player, but right now. That would not be an, op- I'm just going to tell you this, that would not be an optimal combination to take to Gainesville. That, that's all Throat's been saying, you know, last couple of weeks on the blog, and it's happens to be accurate. So I know people jump at him and want to come at him and come at me for tempering, you know, the expectations on the year. And my thing is I don't want to do a disservice to Josh Heupel, who I think is an excellent coach. And I'm okay. I'm not punting on the year, but I'm okay if it's kind of a tween year. And that is illustrative of if you get an injury or two in that offensive line, call me later because you're not going to want to see that. You are not going to want to. Trust me when I tell you that. That's all. And we think the Cooper Mays thing is a little worse than they're letting on. That's that's where we lead today's show. After Hughie joins, I want to talk to you globally about this season. You know, we've kind of tiptoed around it, but let's try to quantify what we're about to see. And what I'm going to ask you is, I want you to be the teacher, and I want you to put a letter grade on performance this year. Now, this is sight unseen. We don't know what we're going to go through. You already have a little nick on your offensive line, which is more than you've had the two previous years here. We've we've had a charm, a rather charmed existence as it relates to injuries on the offensive line. 
I'm one that thinks that eventually those things even out, equal out, whatever the term is. You know, sometimes you got to rob Peter to pay Paul, what have you. Ten- and you can make the case, well, Tennessee certainly had its fair share of the injury bug last year when you're missing your best wide receiver, or at that point it was your best wide receiver, and you missed your quarterback for your playoff stretch drive. Hey, that is point well taken. The question I'm going to ask you after, Hugh, you know what you think about this? The question is, what's the team got to do for you to give them an A? What do they have to do to get a B? Against their 12-game schedule. What do they have to do to get a C? What would be a D? And what would be failing? No wrong answers. This is in the eye of the beholder. And we'll kick that around along with some of the stuff we're going to talk about with Hugie. One of the significant things that happened uh, in the last 24 to 36 is what happened at Texas A&M and some of the other Texas schools where they disbanded just like that their 12th man program, which was, and we'll talk about this with Hugie momentarily, but what they were going to do in a few words is they were going to bring their NIL in-house. Season ticket holders and contributors were going to get points toward their standing with the university for all the perks that come with having more points for the more money you give to the collective. And it being internally, they were going to try and offer uh, folks a, a, a tax rebate on it if you give money right now aspire it's not tax deductible and any of these collectives it's not you're just giving money to those people to the collective which really makes tennessee ahead of the game again because tennessee didn't jump and try to do the thing that the texas schools were doing and what the what the what the irs said is oh no 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 for that reason you're not going to get you're not going to get tax you're not going to get a deduction, which made the schools recalibrate. Plus, as we reported, uh, the SEC was putting pressure on uh, the Texas, the Texas A&M. Don't do this. Don't 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 upset the rest of our members in the footprint who don't have the state law. Now, this morning I found out they are still going to dole out some money. And they're still going to have a collective internally, but they're not going to be able to offer the tax deduction. Can they still offer the uh, the points, so to speak? Can they still? I, I guess they could do that. I guess it's their prerogative to do that. But the tax deduction deal was going to be a rather large piece of that, and that's been taken off the table. So, lots to talk about, including what Hughie is hearing regarding camps around the SEC, plus, plus, we'll get into some of this realignment nonsense. Who knows what's going to happen. But uh, we'll come back on the other side. What a nutty, crazy, insane era we're living in, and we're 15 days away from the final season of college football as we've all known it. 15 days away from week zero. As we continue on the other side, it's a Friday edition 
of your Tony Basilio show. What a beautiful day to be alive. Mike Huguenin on the other side. Bino on assignment. A softball field near you. As we continue after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Donino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Tina, to be back with you on a Friday. We uh, we believe that uh, Cooper Mays Tennessee Center is going to be out for probably a couple games heading into the season, which, look, and Mike Huguenin getting ready to join us. The, the truth is, when you play Virginia, and we had our odds maker on, Robert Keller Kowalski, a couple days ago from Zen Sports. And he said, look, I opened that thing at 31. It's been bet down to 28. That's no football game. Uh, that's going to be an absolute drill job. So the truth is it gets real for Tennessee when they go to Gainesville. How real is in the eye of the beholder, but I think pretty real. I think that's a pretty good test for Joe Milton on the road. And Florida is just not going to acquiesce and, and roll over. Let's bring in the great Mike Huguenin with the knowledge, Hugie, 
that, brother, the summer is dwindling down. I come to you, Hugie, from the Jersey Shore. I'm looking uh, at the ocean as we speak, and it ain't bad here on the Jersey. About 83 degrees here. A lot of Italians walking around uh, who have made their way down from uh, uh, both New York City and Philadelphia. But, uh, Hugie, my best to you on this Friday, and I hope you're doing well, brother. Yeah, we only got uh, yeah, two weeks before the season starts. Week That's zero. It. So football is right, right around the corner. Obviously, everybody's practicing now. Teams getting guys yep. hurt, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the long nuclear winter is over football. There is no doubt that it's almost over. And I was talking about, the fact that it looks like Cooper Mays will be missing a couple games, at least we think he is. Is there anything on your radar significant that's occurred around the Southeastern Conference injury-wise since last we've talked? Uh, Florida law. Uh, Florida had a defensive lineman get hurt at a scrimmage yesterday, Justice Boone. Hey, Mike. But Napier has not said um, how serious it is. I guess he speaks to the media today at like 12 Yeah. Hey, Hugie, Hugie, we have a lot of noise in your line. Let's reconnect with him, Brian. Call him back. I'm going to call him still. But he was getting ready to talk about one of them. The thing about this time of the year is it's the last thing you want to occur. The the Cooper Mays story is kind of interesting, the backstory. um, It's not something that happened in camp. He had a deal uh, where he was complaining about this several weeks back earlier in the summer. So this is just something that just didn't heal. It's not like there's a training camp injury. I mean, either way, either way, uh, you know, it's not good. But we will will attempt to reconnect with Hughie. Let's see if we have a better line for him now. We've had a lot of storms in our area, so I'm sure that's had a very stormy week. A very stormy week here, very stormy week in East Tennessee, uh, and uh, just, a, you know, tis the season. Mike Huguenin, are you back with us? I think so. Oh, you sound. Isn't that incredible? Just one reconnection, how you can make it all go away. Good job, Bri, jumping in there and intervening. I, I was wondering if I was hearing things. You were talking about an injury at Florida, Mike. Go right ahead. Yeah, Justice Boone, who's one of their uh, main rotation guys, got hurt at scrimmage yesterday. But Napier uh, speaks to the media today, and that's when supposedly it will, uh, there will be an update on Boone. But he's a he's a good player, a veteran guy. Uh, and Florida Florida's defensive line might be the best position group on the team, thanks to some transfers and some good freshmen. I mean, it's a, it's a really really solid group. What do, you, what do you make of, Hughie, this Arch Manning conversation? Obviously, Arch Manning, when your name's Manning, you're going to be overrated coming out of high school. I mean, till you do it, unless you're Eli or Peyton. And, you know, look, you and I were, were, have both seen that world. When you're in the subscription world, you have to sell hype. It's part of the deal. I'm not in the subscription world. When you have like a, these fan sites or the the um, what's the term for it? Some of these recruiting sites, you have to sell the hype. I mean, it's part of the 
fans want the sizzle uh, with the steak. The early returns are that he just uh, he's kind of not great. Uh, are you buying that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the ki- the, the kid is a freshman. He wasn't going to start this year unless something truly bad happened. Ewers is their guy. Um, I think there is an adjustment period for all freshman quarterbacks, especially in the Power Five leagues. And heck, Peyton Manning didn't even start as a freshman. And if I remember correctly, the first freshman quarterback to play his season was Brandon Stewart. So um, you got to give Arch Manning some time. Um, but I. I tend to agree that perhaps he was a tad overrated coming out of high school. And that's, I, I never saw him play. I'm not a talent, talent evaluator. Right. But I think there is something to the, hey, he's, he's the latest in the line of Manning quarterbacks. He's putting up big numbers at Isidore Newman just like his uncles did, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, um, but again, I, again, he, if, Folks expected him to beat out Quinn Ewers. I think they were um, being a little bit naive. Ewers is a really talented quarterback who people forget. He skipped his senior year of high school. So he's one year behind the developmental curve, started last year, and by all accounts is sort of on the beam this year uh, and might be the best quarterback in the Big 12. You know, the thing about... Peyton Manning, though, I, I remember his first practice at Tennessee. Some guys, when they just get under center, they just have a certain, I don't even know what you'd call it, but they have all that presence on a field. And, Hughie, I was st- sitting there, I guess I guess I was sitting next to John Adams at the time because we've talked about this since. In fact, we were talking about it earlier in the summer. And um, you can just see it. And I'm not a talent evaluator. I'm like you. But sometimes those guys just have that presence. It's almost like an aura they have about themselves. And Manning had it when he was 18 years old when he walked on the campus. So obviously his nephew is not him. But to your point, he wasn't going to play this year anyway. People thought he was going to beat that kid out in the spring. Yeah, yeah, Where was Ewers going to transfer? You know, that's just absolutely looking back on that. That's asinine. Exactly. And again, Ewers missed his senior. He did not play his senior year of high school, and that's a, that's a big deal. And he goes to Ohio State and plays as a true freshman, and he hands off I think four times. That was the extent of his playing time. Then he goes to Texas, and I'm not sure he was fully ready to start last year. But remember the game against Alabama? He made some phenomenal throws early, and then got hurt. And he is a again, kid's got wicked wicked arm talent. Um, he just but the, the Developmental curve was slowed by the fact that he, for, for yeah, he missed his senior year of high school. So I, I, again, I think he is uh, an immensely talented and gifted kid. I think he has a chance to be the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Um, and yeah, and Arch Manning never was going to beat him out this year unless Quinn Ewers' arm fell off. I think that'd be rather humbling too for the Mannings if that didn't work out for them. Um. Just as a just as an aside, because you talk about some folks that have had sort of a charmed charm deal here. Yeah, but again, he's not his uncle's, uh, and I think that's having that name is a burden. I think in some respect, I would think uh, yeah. it's like being the son of um, Shaquille O'Neal or Michael Jordan or LeBron yep. James or if Aaron Rodgers ever has 
son, and it would be the same principle there. So Tom Brady's kid. So it's you cannot live up to your – it's hard to live up at times to your name. And I think Arch Manning, even though obviously his dad is not Peyton or Eli, it's he's still a Manning quarterback. And his grandfather and his two uncles were tremendous at that position. That's like Tiger Woods' poor son, who apparently is a really, really great junior golfer. My son's but no matter what he does, world. he's not going to be his dad. Never. Unless right. he goes out, hey, right. hey, unless, unless he goes out and wins like 15 majors, you know? Yeah, I don't, yeah. And that's, or, or you know, maybe it's Mickelson's son who's, who gambles $2 billion. <laughs> So. Yeah, poor, poor Phil Mickelson. You talk about a guy that had us had the world fold, man. Well, he didn't have the world fold because media people have all been whispering amongst themselves for years. But who's going to get into a guy's personal life? But <laughs> this poor guy, <laughs> this this poor, and apparently, uh, people that know him, they were saying his whole family, like his wife, loves to gamble, his mom loves to gamble. I mean, hey, if you got it, you got it. I'll tell you this. You go to the casino enough. I don't care how much money you have, Hughie. You can lose your fortune if you do yeah, it enough. Yeah. But the the thing about yeah, we're off topic here. But the thing about Mickelson yeah. and that that dude said he he gambled a billion dollars over thirty years. That's like thirty three million dollars a year for thirty years in a row. That's, that ain't bad. That's mind bending. Here's my thing, right? And now we were having a conversation with our family last night because we all like to play the ponies every once in a while, you know. I'm no, I'm no prude in that regard. But, you know, moderation, whatever. Um, if a, somebody tells you they bet a billion, Hughie, what did they bet? What did they Probably really bet? More. Probably no even question. more. That's what's, that's what's that's stunning. Crazy. Like, I was talking to some friends today, and they're like, yeah, yeah everybody always under under." Under reports what they actually bet. So, but anyway. for sure. sure, unless my favorite is <laughs> the guys that come from the casino and they go, "Man, I want twenty five hundred dollars," and you're like, "Wow!" But along the way, <laughs> they don't ever sit there and tell you about so what all they the lost. times. Exactly. Yes, nobody comes home and says, "Man, I lost four hundred dollars last night." Yeah. You don't want your you don't want your friends to know that, but again, anything in moderation. Which Hugie, um, week zero, week zero, you know, week zero. They used to they used to at least throw us a few bones. Week zero looks a pretty uh, looks a little bit. Uh, what do I? How can I put this? Looks a little looks a little thin this year. Yeah, I think the the best game might be uh, Navy Notre Dame in Ireland, and that's interesting. Well, Navy's got a new coach. Uh, and Notre Dame's got a new quarterback. So watching Sam Hartman run the Notre Dame offense, I, I think is that that has some intrigue. I'm also interested U- USC opens, but the problem with that is it's on Pac-12 Network. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not going to see it because I really don't feel like searching that game out. But um, you know, Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, um, who's the last? High, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, whose first game as the next year wasn't like a big TV deal. Well, Caleb, Caleb Williams is name because again, it's on the Pac-12 network. So, um, and that's sort of a microcosm of the Pac-12. One of the biggest problems with the Pac-12 is their TV deal has been garbage. 
And to me, this is sort of like, oh, yeah, look, Caleb Williams' first game in 2023 is on the Pac-12 network. And that network is going away, I'm sure, next year. Yes, yes. But, I mean, it's sort of, again, it's like a microcosm of the league's problem. It's had pitiful TV deal ever since Larry Scott was there. And basically now this is, yeah, this is the last year of the Pac-12. And I think it was Ari Wasserman at The Athletic, and he's a great guy. I was his editor when I worked there. He wrote that the 2023 season is the last season of the way college football has been ever. Because he, and he's right because, you know, Texas and Oklahoma next year will be in the SEC. USC and Oregon and Washington and UCLA will be in the Big Ten. Arizona and Utah and Colorado and Arizona State will be in the Big 12. The Pac 12 basically will be gone. So, yeah, enjoy 2023 even a little bit more than you normally would because, you know, college football as we've known it, it you know, there's been a lot of chess piece moves and stuff, but next year it's not even chess anymore. It's a whole new game. So because of the conference realignment. So this is a interesting season for a lot of reasons. That's one of them. And, again, the idea that Caleb Williams' opening game uh, the season after he won the Heisman is on a channel or on a network that not a hell of a lot of people get. I've got a buddy that's um, in high-level college athletics. And one of the things that he constantly says is, don't, do not, do not overestimate these people. They're just people, regular folks. You know, they, they ascend to these high jobs, right? And, A really clear illustration of that is this Pac-12 commissioner who, it reminds me of Woody Woodenhofer one time who told me, he said, you know how you get fired at a Division I job really quickly? Hire your friends to be your assistant coaches. So this guy, and you mentioned The Athletic, there's a story Stuart Mandel wrote, and, and, and these guys are taking turns writing autopsies on this league, and how did we get here? But this bears repeating on the air, and I want your thoughts on it. He said the commissioner out there, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But Okay, thank you. The commissioner uh, took one of his schoolboy friends who had his own consultant firm, which yeah. is another thing that's kind of a joke in that industry, these pop-up consultant firms, so they can pocket six high six figures, uh, you know, just doing your doing your friend a solid, basically. Hey, go negotiate and find us a TV deal. That was that was what the guy was supposed to do. And the presidents were under the uh, were literally under the impression that this is what this guy's doing. And this guy was walking them off a cliff because he had zero, not ten percent of experience or twenty percent or a little bit. He had zero experience doing that. Never dealt with the networks, had no idea what he was doing. ESPN offered him $35 million, a school, which is a fair market deal, which is more than what the, um, which is what, more than what the, um, the Big 12 is making. And, and he says, no, we want 50, but he had no leverage. ESPN said, see, you wouldn't want to be you. And by the way, that's our final offer, and we mean it. No more Pac-12 after dark. The guy didn't believe it. The guy totally made up the thing uh, about uh, Apple TV, according to Mandel. All that was kind of a ruse. I mean, Hughie, 
this guy, this new commissioner, he's worse than Larry Scott. If that's it's humanly not, possible, I'm not sure he's worse than Larry Scott. But they, they've had two bad commissioners in a row, and that's why the league no longer exists. And the Athletic had another story uh, this week. It was a, a compilation effort. They, I think, it was four or five writers combined to write a piece that Colorado going to the Big Twelve was the final nail in the coffin. And you're like, Colorado? Are you kidding me? But evidently they had some linear TV interest along with streaming. And then when Colorado left, I think it was ESPN, said, well, now we have to, or maybe it was Fox, I can't remember who it was, we have to now, our TV deal with the Big 12 means that we now have to pay the Big 12 more money because if they brought in another Power 5 school, written into the contract was that we would increase our offer by, I think it's $31.2 million, which is what the schools are going to get. So by bringing in Colorado, the that elevated the outgoing flow from ESPN or Fox, can't remember which one, which meant, okay, we're finally, we're washing our hands of the Pac-12. So the idea, that story said, that Colorado leaving was the final nail in the coffin. And you're like, of all the schools that the Pac-12 could have lost, Colorado was probably the most, like, who cares? But that was the school that, that did it. So, but they've done a nice job, I feel like it's done a nice job reporting on the downfall of the Pac-12. But, you know, sometimes I think people sort of maybe downplay the importance of what a commissioner can do. Uh-huh. And sometimes they also, uh, he. I think they think some commissioners truly are more powerful than they are, but the the, the Pac-12 can be taught in future business classes. Oh. What happens if you have back-to-back horrendous oh. CEOs, even though you're an established 100-year company with hundreds of millions of dollars annually that's your budget? Oh. Bad CEOs can sink you, and that's what's happened to the Pac-12. What's incredible is they were going to get thirty-five million a team. Yeah, and they decided without they USC and UCLA, and right. they didn't. Right. I mean, they didn't take it. It's like right. because and then, and then the idea that yeah. you have Cal and Stanford. There are evidently pres- school presidents in the ACC who, Aww. oh my goodness, look at the, academically, they're awesome. And Aww. those that is that's two phenomenal academic schools, and yet evidently, for what I've told it been told in red there are ad's in the acc going are you guys insane bringing in cal and stanford does nothing for our tv appeal plus we'll be sending the wake forest lacrosse team has to go play at stanford i know actually i don't think wake forest has lacrosse wake forest soccer team might have to play at stanford so um i, I and you sort of feel bad for oregon state and washington state because they're the first of the lesser lights among the Power Five to truly find their place, their true place, and it's out of the Power Five. And again, you and I have talked about this for the last couple of years. If if I'm Vanderbilt, if I'm Mississippi State, if I'm Wake Forest, if I'm you know, there's a handful of other ones, the idea that Oregon State and Washington State were in a Power Five conference Yes, you can be kicked out because you don't bring anything to the table. 
do they go to now, do they reopen the cannon in the 12-team playoff? Surely that's going to happen, and they're going to, uh, because I, I believe it's six leagues they're supposed to take and then six yeah, wild think, cards, thank, five thank plus one. what everybody was talking about. Yeah, they're going yeah. to they're have to replace, or not replace, they're going to have to refine the entrance requirements starting in 2024 because there's yeah. four, four Technically, there's four autonomous conferences now. Right. But let's get serious here. Two of the four are they're a distinct step below the the Big Ten and SEC. And yeah, we've been talking for a couple months now too. If, if you're going into next season without Oklahoma and Texas, is, is Utah now the bell cow program of the Big Come on Twelve now. when it comes to football? Well, really, the Big Twelve and the ACC should have to play a playing game. To get the third slot, and I'm well, not trying Clemson, to be ugly about I mean, it. Let's, let's see what happens to Clemson, uh, and maybe Florida State truly is back. We'll, we'll find out more, uh, frankly, in the opener when they play LSU. But yeah, I think you know. I, I saw some people, well, you know, Sankey. Why don't you let the dust settle? Well, he doesn't need to let the dust settle. He's saying what everybody's talking about already, or everybody's thinking about already. The playoff with four Power Five leagues is a lot different than it was with five. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have to change. Which in a Knoxville, who we're talking to right now, and the Tennessee Nation is very. This is a very significant conversation because if you look at the way Tennessee's tracked through history, when they're pretty good, uh, that's a program that will be right on the periphery. Yeah. Of one of those wild cards most years, and if you add another wild card to the mix, that is extremely uh, Mike Hugan and significant for yeah. the conversation we're having here. Unquestionably. Again, and that's, that has to be something that definitely gets done. Um, it, it, it's going to get done. Because, yeah, the, the Pac-12 is gone after this year. So It's um, unbelievable. It's yeah. good. I mean, it's sad. It's, yeah, good, for, con- I mean, it's good for Tennessee the, the, fans. That's, that's, that's the Power 5 league that has won the most titles in all sports. You know, they call themselves the Conference of Champions, and if you watch an ESPN game where Bill Walton does the color commentary, you hear Conference of Champions 15 times, but it really is. It has been a phenomenal league from the Pac-8 to the Pac-10 to the Pac-12. They're good across the board in a lot of different sports. And, yes, some of the sports aren't played by, you know, water polo is not a sport played by every school in the country, obviously. Right. But at the same time, um it, it really is it, the conference of champions. So um, the and the idea that the that college sports does not have a true power conference on the West Coast anymore after this year that's mind blowing. Considering that California, think of how many athletes that state produces. It's insane. In all sports, but you know it what? Is. It's insane. But yeah. you know what's funny? For years and years, since um, really, if you if you want to look at it. Uh, since our favorite head coach went up to Seattle, where he's been very successful with the Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll, uh, the migration of the great players From, to the yep, Midwest man. and the South has been going on for years. So now they're just going to make it official. Now that's yeah. just going to be uh, now that's going to be official, and it's going to happen in all sports. You know, I look at the Southeastern Conference and I say, here's a league that decided, hey, you know what? We want to do this women's softball thing, and we're going to build these stadiums. We're going to put a little money into it. And all of a sudden, they just kind of dominate the sport, and they're going to grab Oklahoma and Texas. And guess what? 
They're really going to dominate the sport yeah. when that happens. Yeah. I would imagine there's so much SEC fatigue out there among the non-SEC brethren. I'd imagine that's palpable. Well, I think in, in football for sure. And, and, and you're right, the softball aspect, Oklahoma is a different animal. But I think it was, what, 11 SEC teams made the uh, NCAA softball field, and wasn't it 10 made the baseball uh, and you, you bring in Oklahoma and Texas. Texas traditionally one of the best baseball programs in the country. Oklahoma is the preeminent softball program now. And yeah, you know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. They went one and two in the draft. Two California kids. One played in the Big Ten and one played in the SEC. I guess going forward, maybe CJ Stroud plays in the Big Ten, but for USC yep. or UCLA. But that's exactly, um, yeah, that's exactly right. In some yep. respects, you wonder if. Moving, changing leagues actually keeps some of the California kids at home because they know they'll be playing in a better league than they would have been in the back 12. It's a really good point. And we'll have to watch what happens with the outward migration. Does the Southeast still get their fair share? Or now that those kids can compete in a comparable, I'm not going to say better league, but certainly the Big Ten can lay claim with the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn States, and, and Oregon and Washington comparable. are good the Oregon, the Washington. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's a, that's now that's going to be an interesting debate. The two power leagues, who's better year in and year out? Uh, the SEC will will be there most years, but I'm sure there will be years where that the amalgamation of teams will be better. Uh, and uh, Mike, you, and, I, and, yeah. and four years, Oregon and Washington will be getting full shares. Uh, of the TV money, yes. Um, so they're going to go from spending, you know, have athletic. Or they're going to go from getting twenty-eight million dollars a year off their football TV deal to, to sixty. And you figure, especially Oregon, <laughs> with its Nike connection, um, and Dan Lanning recruits well anyway, and that school recruits well anyway. Um, that it's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the, the five, eight years from now. The debate, I think, will be which is the best league, the SEC or the Big Ten. You're going to have it's going to be close, much closer than it is now. I think that's right. And, and by the way, one other thing, one other little nugget I want to get your thoughts on: desperate or smart, depending on your perspective. Some of these presidents are to keep the dream alive and to stay alive. Uh, uh, Barry Gibb. This. How about SMU going to the ACC, apparently, and saying, hey, we don't want any TV money for like six years, but we want to get in your league. When you, If you really add those two West Coast teams, or even if you don't, we would love to get in your league. In fact, we don't want any money for it. And that just goes to show you how much oil money exists in Texas that they can yeah. get probably underwritten, floated, whatever term you want to use. Uh, but they want to keep their dream alive. I don't blame them. No, it's a smart long play. And, you know, last year when the uh, Big 12 added the four teams, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU, um, talked to two people who said um, absolutely there were a bunch of folks in the Big 12 that wanted nothing to do with SMU, not because of academics or anything like that, but because they realized that if SMU got in a Power Five conference again, with NIL now legal, uh, with pay for play now legal, um, they would be a recruiting force. Because remember, there, there was that ten-year stretch, late seventies into the eighties, 
where SMU genuinely was one of the best teams in the country because their boosters bought and paid for guys. Well, that's what NIL does. They buy and pay for guys. So the, the, the idea was we need to keep it. Again, this was not public, but you know there were people saying in back rooms, we don't want SMU in our league because we're afraid of what they could become. They're, they're, these, you know, they're in Dallas, obviously a phenomenal recruiting area. SMU is not a bad school. It's got tons of money. Uh, and yes, TCU's in the Dallas Metroplex also, but it's not as ingrained as SMU. So, um, and you can see why SMU would be basically saying, we're coming to you with no pretense here. We want to be in your league. We don't care about TV money for X number of years. Just let us in the door because they know once they get in the door, they can do something. The great, and you bow your head and you say his name, Mike Hugan, and we, we've had an all-star appearance here. We've touched many, many bases, and as you hear him, a guy that's been in the industry for so long and all the sources that he has, and it's incredible uh, getting a chance to break it down scientifically with him. You know, Hughie, I, I just sit here, and as you were talking about the SMU and just how quaint all that stuff seems and Wasserman's sentiments and my sentiments are we're never going to see college football as we once knew it. It's, oh, no. The toothpaste has not gone back in that tube. It's professional, professional, or semi-pro, whatever the term is. But I'll tell you what. The thing that really made me laugh of all this absurdity this week is that Jack Swarbrick up there at Notre Dame. You talk about a guy with some testicular fortitude, like uh, Bill Raftery says, onions. Here's a guy that won't join the league that he wants to broker a deal for Stanford Stanford and also Cal Cal to get in the league, but he ain't going to do it. Right. But he wants... He wants them because they give Notre Dame a vote, even though Notre Dame football is not in their deal, but they give them a voice for some reason. And he's out there. If I was the ACC, I would call that guy up and I'd say, look, dude, you either join this league or you shut the H up. Yeah, but shut I think up. From in, in that relationship, Notre Dame has the upper hand because they're tied to the, you know, they're in the ACC for every sport but football, basically. If, if the ACC sponsors a sport, Notre Dame is in it. Um, Notre Dame plays five games a year versus ACC schools. You know, if you're an ACC school and Notre Dame's playing on your campus, you're guaranteed a sellout. And for some of these schools, they don't, that might be the only sellout of the year. So I, 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 I can understand the, and there are a lot of, folks out there, you know, there is no black and white, no gray area, rather, with Notre Dame. Either you love them or you hate them. Uh, I think Swarbrick, you know, he who has the gold makes the rules, man. And in this relationship, he has the gold. His school is fine being an independent um, for football only. Um, But it is interesting. You're right. It's a a 14-team league for football, and yet they have 15 voting members for football. Because Notre Dame is a voting member, you got to have twelve of the fifteen vote yes. But evidently, there's not enough ads that want uh, Cal and Stanford. But it is, is sort of you have to sort of like chuckle when you hear Swarbrick out there stumping for Cal and Stanford to join the ACC. When you realize, dude, you're not even a full fledged member of your circle. 
So hey, let's Mike, is there, let me ask you this. Let me, about Notre Dame, let me ask you this. Somebody posed this to me the other day, a uh, caller, which is a great question. You talk about the gold and who holds the gold, right? The two power leagues, essentially, if they decided behind closed doors, you know what, we're going to pressure Notre Dame to join the league. We decided it's time for the, We're not going to play them. We're not going to play them. I mean, they could do that. We've seen the way these people deal with each other. They could certainly. Notre Dame's sitting there today, and it looks like they've got a lot of power. But if those two power leagues, and particularly that big, the Big Ten, decided, you know what, we're going to force them to get, we're going to force them to get in our world. You think we could see that? You think that's another step in this deal? I don't know. Let me let me let me look at the Notre Dame schedule real quick here. Yeah. To see how many Big Ten teams they play this year. They play Ohio State. That's it. Okay. What about they uh, five, USC? They play five teams from the SEC. I'm sorry, ACC. They play okay. the first. Uh, they play their first ever FCS opponent, Tennessee State. Um, they play two teams from the Pac-12. They play a MAC team, and they play an AAC team. But they do play USC, right? USC and Stanford. They play six ACC games: Wake Forest, Clemson, so, Pittsburgh, Ohio, uh, Duke, Louisville, and NC State. Yeah, they're, so they're, they're, they're contractually if, obligated if, to play five. Yeah. I don't know why they're playing six, but that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, Notre Dame is at Louisville, so you know that game will sell out. Notre Dame's at Duke; that's going to sell out. Sure. Um, so, yeah, interesting. But but the question becomes: If USC says to them, "Hey, look." You know, we're just not going. I know we've been doing that, this yeah, that would forever. Be, that, that would, but you know, that blow, man. You know, and, and it's interesting because I've worked with USC guys before, um, USC alums, and dealt with some USC hot, uh, athletic department officials. To USC, Notre Dame is their biggest rival, mm. not UCLA, because um, they played them every. It's the longest intersectional college football game. It's been played annually, I think, every year since the late twenties. So um, that would be a big ask of USC. Though I guess if, if you're making $60 million a year, then maybe you say, okay, fine. Um, but, I, yeah, the, the idea of forcing Notre Dame into your league, I don't know if that's if – that's, you know, Notre Dame fits in the Big Ten um, for a lot of reasons, obviously. Yep. That, that's yep. an interesting That's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I it kind of stumped me. I, I didn't take a – the time to look at their schedule like you did, but obviously the one biggie. Because that really, when you get down to it, that USC-Notre uh, Dame game is like Tennessee and Alabama. It's a signature game on the schedule that's a gift. Right, and it, for, especially for yeah. older alums. And, again, the fact yeah. that it, it, it is the oldest inter- or the longest continuously played intersectional game. I just yep. also noticed Notre Dame does play six ACC teams. Only two of those games are at home. Which I guess if I'm Notre Dame, I'm like bringing in an ACC <laughs> do anything for our fans. That's for sure. But um, yeah, they're playing an NC State, Duke, Louisville, and Clemson. So that Clemson Notre Dame game will be mighty interesting this year. Hughie, your main Sam man. Hartman, obviously Sam Hartman yep. returning. You know, Sam Sam Hartman plays Wake Forest too, his yep. old school. So, but that that's an interesting question about Notre Dame. Um, they are quite comfortable being a football independent, though. They're that's they're helping on staying an independent. But if you if they could their hand be forced by 
Big Ten saying our teams aren't allowed to play you anymore in the future, that would be an interesting question for Notre Dame. Which, by the so way, I'm not sure they would do that either, you know, I would think yeah. the Big Ten uh, TV partners would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If we have Notre Dame Ohio State, if we have Notre Dame USC, if we have Notre Dame Michigan, that's the game of the week. You know what, though? In modern college football, one thing I will say to you is I never say never, and I don't rule anything out when these oh, that's, no, that's when these greedy pigs get yeah. behind closed doors. They would cut you for a wooden nickel. A nickel. Don't ever forget right. it. And again, yeah, the, the idea that the, the Pac-12 is gone after this year. Can you imagine saying that? Like, Think, think about this. Hearing USC's monster run under Pete Carroll. Oh, yep. They're dominating college football, but 20 years from now, the Pac-12 won't even exist. People would have laughed you out of the universe. And now here we are, 20 years later, the Pac-12 Well, last Friday, I said to you, there's a scenario on the board whereby there's not a Pac-12 when we wake up on Monday, and damn, if that's not what happened. I mean, it's just like, and saying it out loud last week was like, surely, surely to goodness, these people are going to have some common sense here and not just totally throw the baby out of the bathwater. But uh, on the way out, give me a final thought. And You've been a gentleman, a scholar, and I thank you. No, the fact that we're three weeks from tomorrow is the first game. I mean, it's fantastic. The long, long wait. And grand, like you said, it's not the greatest play to game. Actually, it's, what I'm saying, it's two weeks from tomorrow. Um, two weeks, so 14 days, but... Um, you know, like UMass at New Mexico State on ESPN. I'm betting that more people will watch UMass New Mexico State than watch UMass at all last year on TV in that one game, just because it's on ESPN at seven o'clock on that Saturday. So two weeks away is it's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I, I personally can't wait. There's I think seven games that day involving. Um, FBS teams, and one of them is Jacksonville State, a new uh, FBS team coached by our favorite coach, Rich Rodriguez. Coached by who? Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rod, the coach of Jacksonville State. Well, at least he's coaching in Alabama now. Just thinking, I could have been. (laughs) Matt Dixon, touche, touche. Hey, good talking to you, Higgy. Thank you. All right, man, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man. I got a little girl around me here chirping like a bird. Brian, can you hear that kid chirping like a bird across the street here? Is that is that what that is? Yes, that's a little girl screaming, developing her lungs. Maybe a future, maybe a future broadcaster, Brian. She is screaming and yelling uh, for twenty, Alex. All right, so let me walk inside here. When we come back. Finally, somebody just told her to quiet down. Good gosh. When we come back. Do a radio show here. No, she's not quieting down. All right. Good gosh. Oh, my gosh. Talk about an ad for, well, never mind. Um, Good night. 865-200-5402, the number. If you want to join us on the one, the only, in the mix and in the hunt, and in the hunt, and in the mix, and let me mute the TV in here where I'm at, where we're staying. Ah, there it is. I can hear the kid, I can hear that kid screaming in here. 
Good night. Put a sock in it. Ah, she's pumped. She's at the beach. Here's the question. What does Tennessee have to do this year to get an A from you? How would you define a B? I want to win loss record. Now I'm going to pin you down. I'm going to pin Brian down on the other side. I want a win loss record uh, for a C, a win loss record for a D, and then what would failure be? 865-200-5402. And then any of the topics that we just discussed with Hughie, we, we went down the line, the cornucopia of things, um, including the fact that poor Arch Manning is realizing that it looks like, I don't know, I'm not there. But, God, if you look at these Texas boards, they're calling the guy a bust. Brian, have you seen some of that? I mean, for this kid, for the first time in his life, it's... No, I, I haven't. Yeah, it's crazy. He can't. He's not going to be able to hide under the name. So, but that name, I, I, I agree with Hughie a little bit. Thinking about that, that's got that ain't that name's got to come. He looks like with he a could lot be of pressure. Somewhat like a Jimmy Clausen type that just never really is what he might be a good who college kn- quarterback if his name wasn't Manning. But who knows? Since he's expected so much of. I mean, those Texas fans are talking about him like he can't play at all. I mean, who knows? But we'll come back on the other. They're calling him a bust. We'll come back on the other side. I just think, you know, there's SEC fatigue. I think there's a lot of Manning fatigue as well. Um, I know I have some. No offense. 865-200-5402. Hour number two on the radio. As we continue, we'll finish out strong. I want to hear from you. Let's break this thing down scientifically and come back with more right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby. King of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorne Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. As we wait for Tony to get back with you. Tony, be back there with you. you. Sorry about that, there Brian. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Vacation mode, you know. 865-200-5402. Here's a question for you. You look at that upcoming schedule, and you say to yourself, okay, I'm the I'm the professor. I got the I got the syllabus in my hand here. I know what we we have to do, and this is what I expect of my student this fall. So, um, Ewad says that next week he wants to hear Mike Hugan and further expound on the UMass New Mexico State. Matchup. Do you think Hughie knows intimate details about both teams, uh, Brian Hartman? Yes or no? Probably. Yeah, he's. And it's New Mexico State. Nobody's probably more people watching them than they ever have before, too. I think he's. I think Hughie's nuttier than a fruitcake, but I'm not quite sure. But I kind of love him. Tremendous All right, we're gonna go to the phones. We're gonna get as many people in here as humanly possible. Here's the question. 
I'm looking at the upcoming season, and I'm the professor. I call the shots here. And Tennessee's a student in my classroom. For them to get a letter A, for them to get a grade A, what do they have to do? For them to get a B, what do they have to do? What's a C? What's a D? And what's failing? Brian Hartman, I go I go to you first. Uh, Brian Hartman, what is, what is an A this season? I think 10 and 2 or better to me is an A. A right. B is about 9 and 3-ish. A C to me would be an 8 and 4 type year. And a D would be 7 and 5. Failing would be 6 and 6. B is nine and three. So even failing to me is a bowl eligible team. For some perspective. for some perspective. Back to the phones we go. Let's get uh Lee in here is up next with us, followed by Parker in Motown. Lee, welcome in, brother. How you doing? How you doing good, Tom? The conversation with you I thought was really good. Um, when you, you know, you're talking about the Pac-12 commissioner and these dumb decisions that he's made, and that's one of the things I've kind of been saying is, well, I'm not saying greed hasn't played a part in all this stuff that's been going on in college football. A lot of this is just idiot decision makers that don't know what they're doing. Um, whether they're, they're, they're whether they're commissioners or school yeah. administrators or athletic directors. A lot of schools have chosen to be complacent and, and not try to keep up with, with what's going on. They've not tried to advance their programs. And the fact is, Washington State and Oregon State were getting left behind uh, as it was in their own conference. Um, I know Oregon State is, like, redoing their stadium last year, and it's going to be open this year, and it'll be cool. But the fact is, they should have done that 20 years ago. Um, and, and kind of the same thing with Vanderbilt. Like, this needs to be – this needs to open up the eyes for schools like Vanderbilt because what's going to happen is in like six or seven years when these television contracts come up, um, and, and all the and they've already added all the schools they can add, um, and they try to figure out how to make more money. That what they're going to do is they're going to figure out how to make more money is is to cut the fat and 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 lessen the piece of the pie that's getting divvied around, and you're going to start to see schools like Vandy and Mississippi State they're, they're going to be kicked out of these conferences. Because they're not keeping up and they're not pulling their own weight. Um, I just, I, I think all this is pretty fascinating. But like, I think a lot of it's just dumb decision makers, like this Pac-12 guy. I mean, if he really did that with that television deal, he's, he's got nobody to blame but himself. You know. Well, no, you know, the commissioner put it in the hands of one of his lifelong friends, according to the reporting. I always think about Woody Woodenhofer, who said, when you hire your friends, when you get the big gig, right, and you keep your promises to your friends, that's when you're on borrowed time in these deals. Because the person that can go to their friend and say, hey, you know, look, I know I told you that, but <laughs> you really don't have any experience in negotiating a TV deal. You don't. Why in the in on God's green earth would you take somebody that has no experience doing that when you're taking your league to market and 
ESPN offers them, in retrospect, a fair market offer. They, they don't have UCLA and USC anymore. $35 million a year for a team uh, is pretty freaking good, okay? Yeah. Uh, pretty freaking good to stay put, to stay in the West, to stay around your friends, to be good to your fans, all that stuff. You'd have gotten a seat at the playoffs. And this moron said, no, we want 50 because we want to be like the SEC and the Big Ten. Well, guess what? You don't have USC and UCLA anymore. They were going to get more than the uh, Big 12 schools. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and Huguenin said it, it's kind of like looking at Mickelson. You know, you're a guy that gambles, right? If you can take any sum of money, and if you gamble enough, you will go broke. I mean, I don't care who you are. When a guy tells me he's bet a billion dollars over 30 years, he's probably bet two. And that's why the guy had to go to the Saudi Arabian League and pull all his friends with him. There's no, there's just no denying that the Saudis bailed this dude out. That's what happened. I mean, that is... Lee, is that not true? That's exactly what happened with Phil Mickelson. They bailed him out. He got a lifeline from them. Yeah, he's, he's, I think Mickelson like a lot of gamblers that most people, it's not that they can't win, it's just that they don't know how to manage their money. Obviously, he's playing on a different scale with the amount of money that he has and just not right. being able to manage it. He got himself in a lot of trouble. Um, that's a problem most people have when it comes to doing this. It's not that they can't pick winners, they just can't, they can't manage bankrolls. But, I did want to comment uh, with the IRS coming down on on Texas A and M. Like I, yeah. I, I think this stuff, I think this stuff is fascinating too. Like, and I don't blame Texas A and M. I mean, like everybody knows, there's no guardrail, so everybody's just kind of doing this stuff to to see how far they can go before somebody yep. says no, right? So yep. I I just I I think it's hilarious. Like, you know, in, in the South, you know, it just means more, right? Like, who are you to tell us that that uh? That, that donating money to beat Alabama is not considered a charitable charitable donation that we can't write off on our taxes. <laughs> oh, like I, I think we're going to look back at this in, in like ten years and see all the stuff we tried to get by with with NIL stuff, and we're going to kind of laugh and, and say we really tried to get away with that, you know. But well, eventually, it's I think funny, right. It, it, the funny thing is, they're still going to incentivize boosters to give because they can give give points internally. They're still going to keep it right. inside. But the idea and the thought by them, hey, we'll just, because that's really being, that's a shell game. We're going to bring it internally. That's like money laundering almost. We're yeah, going to bring this is. money internally like it's for education, which is why you get a write-off. And then we're going to turn around, and you can always say, hey, you're funding scholarships. But when you're openly paying these people out of those coffers that are coming in, that's why they disbanded uh, that uh, 10th Man Fund. They disbanded that thing about as soon as they founded it. So, hey, but, you know, like you say, the old college try, I'm sure that's not the only iteration of this. I'm sure it's kind of like NASCAR back in the day. As soon as they put a rule in there, uh, before these cars got super technical, those guys would sit there, probably still are doing it, but how do we skirt the rule? How do we figure out a way around it? How do we play in the gray? The thing that's interesting to me, Lee, is the federal government said no, 
And I think the federal government is getting ready to get fed up with major college sports. I think they've about had enough of it. It's going to well, be interesting this, this will to be see the thing, that, what that. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I think this will be the thing that actually does get them more involved in it when it starts coming to the, like these tax write-offs or NIL. Yep. I, the, the money part of it is what's going to get them involved in it. Like all, all the other stuff, like you know, they, they don't. I don't think they really care about. They're they're not worried about fans li- nope. losing you know tradition. But when you start talking about money, I think I do think that's when they will start to get involved in it. Um, I do think with these NIL collectors, you're going to start to see a lot of them start to start to join forces. Like I know Tennessee's got like I guess two big ones now. I don't know if they're really yep. competing. Out. And eventually, all those all those different NIL collectors, they're just going to they're just going to end up merging together. I think. But um, hey, real quick before I jump off here, if you're talking about giving a grade to Tennessee, like yep. I, I think it's hard just based on wins and losses just to give a grade. It just take kind of depends on how the season goes. I mean, if you get riddled with injuries and, and we've got to put a freshman quarterback out there uh, against a tough schedule, like eight wins is pretty daggum good. You know, so it's just kind of see how the season plays out and how some of the games go. I, I, for me, it's hard to say, well, if you, if you win nine, then it's a B, but because you, you could win eight and it could be an A. You know, I mean, people aren't going to like my answer. My answer is nine and three is an A. Anything better than that's an A plus, and I'm just keeping it real here uh, because that's what I think. I'm trying to grade my course fairly. You are right, though. You know, as a professor, like Anthony was telling me about a test he took at Penn where he walked out of there and got like a 55 on it or some crazy thing. He wouldn't mind me saying this on the air. And he said, at this thing, he said, I studied for hours and hours. He said, everybody walked out of there going, what language was that in? And then the professor afterwards said, well, you know, I'm going to curve this thing so that, you know, and it ended up, that was a pretty good grade in the deal. But the thing is, I just kind of, to the professors out there, why do you do that to your kids? Why wouldn't you give them something that's navigable? When it when somebody studies hard, but that's that's another story for another day. Your point is well taken, which is, you know, this Cooper Mays thing, this injury, and people want to get mad at Orange Throat, and I know there's been some discussion on some boards about him writing what he's written. They are paper, paper thin at offensive yep. line, not thin, like wax paper thin. Have yeah, that's what have one more injury. Have ago. one more injury and get back to me. Have one more. Yep. Have one more injury on your offensive line. And, and, and that's and what I'm saying. Years, a we've been charmed here. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we we had no no we had great injury luck on the offensive line last year. I, I know yeah. we lost Tillman and we lost Hooker, but that was at the end of the season. But that would have been, you know if we if we would have lost guys on the offensive line last year, we probably don't go to the Orange Bowl. You know if we if we start losing guys early in the season. And that, that's okay. the number one way a team can get derailed is if you start having offensive line issues with, with injuries early in the season. Your, your season can go sideways real quick. Um, Thank you, Lee. You know, Great talking to you. So Lee's not – Lee doesn't want to get pinned down on a number. Brian says an A is 10-2 and two or better. So he's a little harder than I am. A B is 9-3. and three, A C is 8-4. and four, A D is 7-5. and five, And failing is 6-6. Six and six. And to Brian's point – you can fail and still make a bowl game. That's how good Tennessee's team is. There were years here where, recently, where an A would have been Brian 7-5, and five, right? Recently. I mean, it's not. This hypo guy is like a miracle worker. This guy's working worked a miracle here. Well, Butch, Butch once said they should be happy with 
nine wins. Well, Butch needs DX for his ringtone, and he needs to wake up to that every single day. Back to the phones. That's what I think about Butch. He needs DX as his ringtone because he can. Parker, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, Tony Parker at Morristown, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, brother. Um, man, I was listening to that phone call with uh, Hugan, and I had no idea Rich Rod is at Al- or Jacksonville State. <laughs> what in the world? Hughie? Well, here's my thing about these coaches, right? Here's a guy that was at the top of the food chain. He'll do anything to stay in it, which is why I've always said to these cons, these presidents and these boosters, why are you paying these people all this freaking money? They will do it for nothing. If you all collude and quit acting like fools, you could have kept salaries down years ago. There was no reason to do what they've done. Nick Saban, okay, you want to pay him that money? I kind of get it. He's your Tiger Woods. But the rest of these dudes are run-around cars, man. Like, what are we doing? You're just you're you're assuming that a college administrator aren't fools, and that that's a hard task. Exactly. Um, but you know the story about Rich Rod and, and Nick Saban, the biggest what if in college sports, right? Matt Dixon loves it when he was going to take that job. Now the the backstory on that was he took the job, right, and then backed out. What was the what is the backstory? The backstory is essentially that that Alabama offered Rich Rod the job in 2006, and if it wasn't for a big Joe Manchin, you know, center of West Virginia, and Ken Kendrick, who owns the, the D-back, uh, Rich Rod would have taken the Bama job, and Saban, who knows what happens to wow. Tennessee football or the SEC. Because I think Rich Rod would have been pretty good at Alabama at that point in time. They would have been pretty dynamic. He would have been able to recruit okay. His dire mistake was, and if you don't think cultural fits matter, him going to Michigan, when they rolled out there, and Dale Jones told me a story like behind the scenes. He said, you know, we were looking at film, and we were like, we're going to beat these guys. Now, to everybody in the world, it was absolutely a miracle when App State beat them. But I was hanging out with Clarkie that day over at Select Ticket Serves, my boy Clark Moore, and we were watching it. His, I'll never forget that. We're watching that game, and we're going, that is not happening. And Dale Jones said on, on the tape, because I think that Moore, Coach Moore was there at the time, he told his kids, after we beat these guys, don't act like you know we've won the seventh game of the World Series. Just go over and shake everybody's hand. And, and that is kind of what they did. At that point in time, a one double A school, which is what they were, going to mm-hmm. Michigan, and that goes to show you that when you get somebody that doesn't culturally fit in a place like that, you can really bottom something out, and it can happen quickly. Well, I'm going to get I'm going to get to that point here in a minute. I got a question for you regarding. Yeah, no. I'll tie it into App State, but go ahead. No, Parker. I think I think Rich Rod should stay at at West Virginia. I mean, he's a West Virginia alum, and. I mean, he had yep. the ball rolling with Pat White and everything. He actually was at West Virginia that year. That was the last year of Lloyd Carr when Appalachian State Oh, thank you. That's and, even better, yeah, Brian. And then what happened to Michigan that year, I think they went on to win. I think they had a decent type year. They rebounded and won like eight or nine games. For Thanks Appalachian. for the correction, Brian. That's good. So Rich Rod Rich went Rod, the next yeah. year. And he nearly and he, had West Virginia the championship game. In oh, I, I remember seeing them in Cincinnati. Ewad took me to a game up there, a Saturday night game, before I was doing the postgame thing. Like 10 or 12 years ago, 
that was one of the more electric atmospheres. Brian Kelly's last year at Cincinnati, Rich Rodriguez, those guys going heads up. It was like a top ten game, something like that. It was some crazy. Both teams were crazy good. And uh, the athletes on the field that night were very, very, I think the Kelseys were there at the time. Uh, that was a great football game. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that's probably, I, I haven't heard him make a public comment, but that's probably Rich Rod's biggest regret is basically when the Michigan job, I don't want to say clouded judgment against Pittsburgh, yep. but they were a 28-point favorite against Pittsburgh. And had they won, they would have beaten Ohio State and had West Virginia's first national championship. I think but, you're right. Um, yeah, I think you're no, right. Your, your initial question, Tony, about the season this year, I'm I'm going to be a little bit more generous as a professor. My, my job is to get these guys to graduation, right? But I'm going to say an eight season, nine three. I don't I don't think we run the gauntlet and beat an A and M, a Alabama, a Georgia. I think you're going to drop one of those games. Or and maybe I think it's fair. I don't, I don't and then, think you, and then like an A-plus is 10 wins, right? In, in your world, an A-plus is 10 wins, which is, a, I think, a fair expectation on, on your student there, Parker. I think you've, you're hitting the nail. Yeah, and what, the thing is with this offense, I mean, you were just saying how razor-thin our offensive line is. I mean, that's the only way this works. I mean, with our pace, if you have a line that can keep up, the only time it's ever going to be stopped is what we saw with Georgia, where you just have a front seven that can match it. And if our offense yep. lines razor thin, and we are hearing, that's going to cause some concern. You know, I think that's accurate. People don't want to hear that. I am not here to throw undue expectation on this young head coach and if people want to do that more power to you and you want to sell hopium to people more power to you i'm not telling anybody how to do a program or talk or be think i'm going to be honest with you when i get on here parker and just like we're being honest about the uh the uh the injury with uh, cooper mays and you know they're kind of pretend like he's you know gonna be day to day or whatever he's not i mean he, he no not with the procedure he yeah. had and they're worried it's going to linger. And, you know, for my money, if he makes it back by Virginia, he is an ultra-fast healer. God bless him. And if he has to wait five weeks till the Florida game uh, and get 100% healthy, that's exactly what I would do if I were everybody involved here. Yeah, and I'm not a coach, but, I mean, I'd much rather – I think you guys have been saying this. I mean, our, our season really does not begin until Gainesville. You know, yep. our second team office could easily boat race Virginia and obviously Austin yep. P. But here's my question, Tony, and this is what I was going to get back to App State and Jerry Moore. You know, the reason why they beat Michigan, that I'm sure Dell will share with you, is that their office was so ahead of college football at the time. And they were spreading those guys off all around the field, and they just had so many athletes. And kind of like our situation, you know, I would yep. say right now Heibel's office is five years ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm worried about. When will these schools catch up and start running what we're running? Because there's a school in the FCS, Fordham. I, was, I read an article about it. You know, they're starting to do the same thing Tennessee's doing, and it's working. And they went the one years last year and made the FCS playoffs. Tony, my question is, when does the rest of college football join our offense and start running what Heifel does? And I'm curious to see what you're going to say because i got to get off. But appreciate it, man. I'm- Thank you, Parker. I, I think soon. I think soon. Look, in any of these sports, people first said, if you were to rewind the clock in the NFL game 
and look at what the Kansas City Chiefs do. The old school coaches 25 years ago would have laughed at that. It'll never work. You're now in an era where the de- where the wide where the running back in the NFL has been devalued, huh? I mean, who saw that coming? I didn't. I'll raise my hand. I didn't. The answer is soon. Soon. When will college football catch up to Josh Heupel? It will. Sure. Absolutely. I'm going to enjoy the ride, guy. I say to you, enjoy the ride. Because I don't think they're anywhere near caught up to him right now. Nowhere near. His offense is like something from outer space. Now, there's a caveat. You better have a quarterback that can do it. You better have a quarterback like uh, Watson Brown told me last year on Plaster Show and told us in appearances on here. He told me early on last year or a couple years ago, he said, and that was last year, he said, this Hendon Hooker guy is pretty special. He said, this is Watson Brown now. He's making that look really easy, and it's not easy. Because, because, as people who play music know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. A lot of people pick up guitars. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, people, but you got to stick to it, and you got to do it. That's like these coaches, I love this Virginia thing, right? I was reading a thing that Brian sent me today, uh, sent me a text. Brian sends me some things he sees, like show prep-wise, and and uh, well, I'll just read it to you. It, it, it dovetails with what our caller was talking about, um, which is that, here it is. This is from uh, uh, one of the, um, at the, Arizona's, or I'm sorry, Virginia's defensive coordinator. Tempo is something that the way Coach Tony Elliott has practices designed. We go super fast. And so tempo is something that we've got to do a great job of defense throughout the year of controlling. Be it, you know, an opponent or two-minute situation, something we work at through the year. And I tell you, our offense stresses us with that. Their offense stresses them with that, he said, as we practice fast. If their offense stresses them with that, offense stresses them with that, what do you think Tennessee is going to do to them? And, and I like these coaches say, well, you know, we've been working on the tempo this week in practice. It's not. No, 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 no. Tempo to Josh Heupel is a lifestyle. It's, the, it, it's like comparing... Somebody like me, right, who will, I don't know, in a week's time work out three times versus the triathlete guy who gets up and pounds himself into submission uh, six days a week and then on the off day eats whatever he wants. Same thing. To Josh Heupel and his ilk from that tree they come from, and the way they play, that is a lifestyle decision, not a this week we're going to let our scout team quarterback run around like a chicken with his head cut off, imitating the Tasmanian devil. It doesn't work that way. Back to the phones we go. 34 past the hour, making it look 
and seem rather easy on a Friday, which it's not, by the way. But there you go. Let's get our next call in. Taylor, welcome in. Hey, Tony. Hope uh, you enjoy your uh, vacation in the uh, Jersey Shore. Um, Beautiful. I've got uh, I've got my report card ready to go. But quick question for you: yep. Do you think uh, that Coach Eiffel's part of his genius is he doesn't get in love with the playbook? In other words, I think some coaches are impressed by their their playbook and they want to use all their play calls. It seems like Heifel is astute enough to say, I'm going to call plays that are indicative of the talent at quarterback or indicative of the talent at wide receiver or tight end. And is he unique in that or or does he excel in that? Or do you think that's uh, that's overstated? No, I love the fact that my favorite thing about him when he first got here was you saw in certain games, right, where a play would work, and they would run it three times, four times, five times, six times. In other words, hey, you know, we came into this game with 20 scripted plays. That was wide open. Hey, man with the headset on, let's do that again. Hey, let's do that again. And then you hear these kids talk, right? Adams, John Adams said something about him a couple weeks ago, which I think is really true. Most, most guys that are offensively minded want to fit their pieces into their puzzle. But he takes the pieces and redoes the puzzle according to the pieces. And there, yeah. that is a distinction. This is a, this is a really talented, intelligent guy who finds a way to not make it about him. Don't get me wrong. He loves his offensive numbers, which is, and he loves statistics, which is why Nico is going to have a lot of fun this year, even if Joe Milton has a lot of success, because Nico is going to get a chance to go out there and electrify us when the games are already over. Yeah, Tony, I think those are, are all great points. And it's just nice to have a, a coach who's humble and he's confident. And uh, as you've stated before, he's comfortable in his own skin. And just such a likable, uh, intelligent uh coach who I, I can see how uh, is it's been successful. Tony, do you think the only acceptable off-campus venue is Nashville? Like, if you had to ask like, the UT coaching staff, would they say they're, they're for the game in Nashville versus Virginia because of recruiting base, additional exposure that Nashville gives them, or would they prefer to be at Neyland for that? What would your, what would your gut tell you on that or, or your informed opinion? I think internally, they look at playing in Nashville as a real pain, uh, and yeah. that would, and if they you gave them their druthers, that's a home game. The games in Westford, the games in Charlotte, uh, you could almost make more of a case for because, and I'm not advocating games in Charlotte, but when Tennessee's super strong, they are raking in players from the Carolinas, and you could almost sell that. But these yeah. days, you know, the world is just so much smaller, and you're paying people real money now, these top-flight recruits anyway, so they have money to travel with, and you can hook them up anyway on the side. So it's just not like it used to be. Tony, to that point, the NC State game uh, next year is in Charlotte. 
was that supposed to be a home game for NC State, or was that supposed to be at Neyland? I'm not, I'm not sure on that. Uh, words, Brian Hartman choose to move that. Yeah, Brian Hartman, you you got a better mind than me. Do you remember the genesis of that game, Brian? I think it's just a one site, a one shot, neutral site game. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think my, it was my instinct be anybody's is. Home game. Yeah, my instinct, Taylor, is that was a one off deal made for television, made for we're going to put some money in our pocket. I hate it. I mean, I, I don't know. How you feel I. I abhor those games. It's not college football. It's well, not. Buddy, co- I, I it's professional it. enough. It. Stay out of the pro stadiums. It's professional yes. enough. The reason why so many people are passionate about college is is certainly the pageantry, the tradition. Uh, you can go on and on. Like people, Knoxville's magical. Don't take away a Saturday in Knoxville for a soulless, benign stadium, pro stadium in in Charlotte or in Nashville or anywhere else. Um, but Tony, real quick, moving on the way out, moving to your question. Um, so I, I agree with you. I don't want to set unrealistic expectations. I felt like I, some of the joy of the nineties was robbed from me because my expectations yep. were, were too high and I wish I would have yep. enjoyed the, the success. Um, but I would say with that said, I'll say in a different breath. I also look at like a is excellent. And I can't, I can't say that nine and three is excellent. So with that said, here's my grading. 11 and 1, which would mean we would upset either Alabama or Georgia. That's, that's an A plus. 11 and 1 is absolutely outstanding. A plus plus. 10 and 2, which would mean we lose to who we're going to be, uh, underdogs against Georgia and Alabama. That's an A in my mind. 10 and 2, which is, again, that's exceptional. That's excellent. 9 and 3, Tony, would be a B. But I would say I would put an asterisk by it. That's if you lose to likely, of course, Bama, Georgia, maybe Texas A&M. If you lose to Florida, Tony, and this is just this fan speaking, obviously, if you lose to Florida to go 9-3, and three, I take that from a B to a C. You cannot go down the swamp. It can't, you cannot go two decades without winning at the swamp. Florida's down. Our talent level's better. I know it's a hard place to play, especially at the swamp early in the year, but we have to win that game. I would argue it's the biggest game of the season and I know you could you could go either way on that but I just I'm passionate I, I hate the Gators we've got to win that game so again asterisk if we're nine and three with a loss to Florida I think that goes to a C I'll continue a C minus is eight and four and I would argue a C minus that would mean we lose at Florida we lose at Bama we lose at home against Georgia and A&M so that's a C minus and maybe I'm grading too hard Tony but I go straight to an F. If you go to a seven and five with the talent that we have, that is a huge step backwards. That would mean, in addition to losing at Bama, at Florida, Georgia, A and M, we have a, a loss to South Carolina or maybe even Kentucky to go seven and five. So I humbly submit to you that seven and five or worse is an F. You can call me uh, having too high expectations, but I think that's a that's an a reason that's a reasonable grade based on the talent that we have. And I think uh, I think Milton's going to have an incredible season. And to your point, Nico is going to – that kid is mature beyond his years. He's stellar. Tony, last thing on the way out, just a question for you as I hang up. Do you have any insight to – I think losing Luke Holman to LSU was a huge miss, considering Chase Burns has also exited the program. I know there's lots of talent, but on the way out, would love to hear any perspective you have as to what set LSU up 
above Tennessee uh, and why uh, why you think uh, Luke picked uh, picked LSU. Go balls. Thank you. The word I got is that his father made the decision and the young man really wanted to come here. That's what Tennessee thinks. And inevitably the young man let let his pop call the shot for him, which, you know, um, it is what it is. It's recruiting and all's fair in love and war and all that good stuff. So come back on the other side, and it certainly was a blow to lose him. Can't uh, you can't sugarcoat that? That's a loss. That's two years in a row. That L- and obviously this guy's not going to be Paul Skeens, but it's two years in a row that LSU you go heads up with them and they grab a guy in the eleventh hour. But Tennessee did did a tremendous amount of great work uh, reworking, rebuilding their team, and they will certainly be to use a term you just used stellar in the upcoming season. We come back. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. It is your Tony Basilio show. It is a Friday. We're finishing with a bang. If you want to get in, the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM one hundred one point seven FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming, let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Well, uh, much to my lovely wife's chagrin, I'm working on a vacation day, which kind of drives her nuts, but it is what it is. Bino's on assignment, and we're breaking it down scientifically with you. The question I'm asking as part of our conversation is you are the professor you control the syllabus if you want to send me commonfan at gmail.com or head over to tclub.team today where orange sword has some great reporting great reporting on the um situation situation with cooper mays uh you would be well advised to check that out today and he has a great report there for you our ut insider uh, we will jump back to our phones. The question is, what's an A this year from your perspective? What's a B? What's a C? What's a D? What's an F? And then if you want to get down there with me when I was in high school, a Y. I was telling a couple of my great nieces that story of me getting a Y in chemistry a couple days ago. But let's get PJ in with us. I think it's the second time caller. I think he called last Friday when we were on our way up here. PJ, welcome in. Hello, Shepard. Hey, PJ, welcome back to the show, man. It's good to talk again. I kind of yesterday I kind of felt like Tony Basilio, man. I got the I got the rib people and they couldn't defend themselves. Fade the poly. Hello? 
So what's on your mind today? I was, um, I got, I got a couple of things here. Um, one is if someone gave you a choice, I think you have a lot of the same opinions. You have the same opinion with Milton as I do is I got to see it to believe it. If someone offered you a straight trade before this season of Spencer Rattler or Joe Milton, what did you think? What, 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 what would you do? Oh, no, 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 no. No way I would make that trade. You talk about a guy I really don't trust. Brian, I'll bring you in. You want to trade Spencer Rattler for Milton even up, Brian? I don't trust that Rattler I've guy. I've seen Rattler play one, game, one good game. Thank you. How many have you seen with Milton? Well, more than that. Not many more. But Plus, um, I know what I'm getting in Joe Milton. I'm not getting a malcontent type. Gotcha. Hey, um, the way... Oh, what was that? Um... The way uh, Rich Bruins develops and plays his young talent, do you think Heupel would let Nico visit and hang out with Bruins for practices just to just to develop them a little more? Brian, this guy is is this guy relentless, Brian? Ryan, uh, take a shot. Drew, take a shot. It's drinking game. The Polly Joe drinking game. What did you, what did you think about pandering John's show yesterday, Tony? I think you're out of here. Let's go back to our phones. Get our next call in. W. Lynn, welcome in. Hi, my friends from Patriots. Doing today? What's up, brother? Well, I'll give you my grading system. Uh, if we go ten and two, that's an A. Nine and three, B. Eight and four, C. Seven, five, six, six is a D, and losing records an F. All right. What's an A again? Ten and two. I, uh, you and I are singing off a similar songbook, brother. Yeah. Now eleven and one are, you know, that's A plus. But, a plus uh, yeah. plus. Yeah. And I'm always there to give you an A plus plus. I, hey, I'll put a hundred and ten percent on your grade if you if you can get me there. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's funny, Tony. Last Friday, right near the end of the show. I guess we just heard about Colorado or something. I said, I predicted by Monday, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah being the Big 12, and lo and behold, it happened. And I can't believe it either, really. It's just, but, and, and, and then when you hear that, when you hear that ESPN offered them a really great contract for who they are, yeah. and they just don't want to be honest about who they were. Once they lost USC and UCLA, you're not going to get SEC money. You're just not. No, the old days of the old days of you hanging on, hanging on to the Rose Bowl and all that. That's over. You know, um, yep, the old Doze Bowl. Vino loves how the old Doze Bowl drug us around all those years. And. Uh, a lot, a lot of people may not realize this, but this is the last year of the New Year's Six Bowls as we know them. This is it. Last year, right here. 
because yep. starting in 2024, they're part of the quarterfinals and semifinals. There you They'll go. still be there, but us playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl, that kind of deal's over after they're this gonna year. They're going to have some pop. Hey, they're going to have some pop going forward, W. Let me put it to you this way. If you have opt-outs in 2024, 2025's Orange Bowl, we got problems. You hey, you're right. got a problem. Yep, I agree. You're, you're, uh, you're my man. Much love to you. Hey, listen, to this, listen to this, Tony. I think Big Ten ought to go after Lithuania. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Lithuania, I got to still get with Tony Valls and see if we can get them on. Uh, that under-21 team really, really needs to come in here and play a baseball series against my guy, Tony. Tony, come on, man. I'm just, you know, we're just having some. I'll tell you what. Big Josh just appeared on my screen, on my back hall, which means I'm going to do, I am going to do a TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. Honey, don't get mad. She's mad enough I'm working. But let's get Joshy Boy in here. Joshy Boy, welcome in. Thank you, W. Lynn. You got me to take a hey, shot Tony. at Tony Valls there. Uh, What's going on, Joshy Boy? I thought we had Joshy Boy. Did we have Joshy Boy? No, just Who's Josh. Joshy Boy. Just, oh, just, just, just okay. Josh. This is all right. So this is cool. We can we can get it all in. Go ahead, Josh. Fly. Show us how you fly down the highway, man. Hey, Tony. I, I'm going to push back a little bit on the O line. Uh. You know, you look at our two deep, we're yep. stacked with seniors, red shirt yep. seniors. Yep. Uh, this team has more lettermen, uh, than anybody else in the Southeastern Conference. Yep. Uh, it's, it, it's loaded with seniors mm-hmm. and, uh, red shirt juniors and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kids who've played a lot. Uh, I believe in Ellerby. I think he's a good coach. I never expected mm-hmm. to see, uh, the line play I've seen mm-hmm. the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of think the offensive line's in pretty good position myself, just looking at the depth chart. I mean, Josh, I, know- I, Josh I hope you're right, because I looked at that thing today and I said, get, get, get yourself one more injury and get back to me. Hey, listen, again, I hope y'all are proven on your side of the aisle Correct. I do not want to cheer for an outcome here. My deal is buyer beware on that offensive line. That's my my. That's where I'm standing. Well, uh, I, I think uh, I'm a little like you, Tony. I'm uh, kind of a pessimist. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of look for something bad to happen. But I think uh, mm-hmm. I believe in this coaching staff, man. I, I think the king of modern day college football is the quarterback, mm-hmm. and who can develop quarterbacks and who can score points. And uh, I'll tell you another thing that gives me hope is I'm hearing Nick Saban's going back to playing old school football and running the mm-hmm. football. And uh, I-, I believe Georgia will uh, go back to that style more than we've seen the last few years with Bennett down there and uh, where he's got a new offensive coordinator, Bobo. I'm not a bit scared of Bobo. Uh, I-, I think, uh, you know, I heard two people I respect uh Sinko said this team was better than last This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.